The Chicago Bears have done a lot of rebuilding in the last few seasons, but this offseason in particular is when Ryan Poles and Matt Eberfuss can take this team from just building up the foundation to really escalating it to the next level. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Bears on all of your favorite social media platforms, including the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel, where you can keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. On the show today, we're going to be joined by friend of the show, Brian Perez. He's the founder of BearsTalk.com. He's been a longtime Chicago Bears writer. You've heard him on this podcast many times before. He's a friend of the show, and he's with us here in person in Mobile, Alabama. And we're not going to get too deep into senior bowl stuff just yet today. We're going to take a big picture look at where this Bears offseason is going from here. Kind of what's at stake, what what the team can actually do here when it comes to not only the quarterback position with Fields and or, and or Caleb Williams, but also with the coaching staff and with all the resources between the draft picks and the salary cap space to really kind of escalate and elevate this team to the next level this offseason. So a lot of good Bears stuff to get in with, Brian. The problem is... We recorded the podcast in person. We're on the road here in Mobile, so I don't have my normal podcast setup. And the way we set it up, we talked for a good half hour or so or whatever long it ended up being, and it did not record properly. Now, I, I'm someone who always tries to have a backup recording option in place just in case my main recording fails for some reason. And... That was the case today. So you'll notice this episode of the podcast did not have a video for it on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel because that part did not come together. And neither did the microphones we were holding and directly talking into. But I had a background recorder running. So the audio quality is not going to be anywhere close to as good as you're used to hearing in the Lockdown podcast. And for that, I apologize. And I hope that you'll lend me some grace as we, we do this on the road and still try and bring you like an informative and fun Chicago Bears conversation. Like I debated just not putting on a podcast at all and saying, screw it, technical difficulties. But I thought a low audio quality Locked On Bears podcast is still better than no Locked On Bears podcast. So, you know, like, for example, if this is your first time ever listening to Locked On Bears, it does not normally sound like this. It is normally a lot higher quality. And we will have all the kinks ironed out for the rest of the week here as we talk to other guests on the podcast here down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. But some good stuff from Brian, some fun back and forth, doing it in person. The chemistry is just so much different. So bear with us through the quality of the audio, but the content is certainly what's more important. And we'll have it a lot better for you tomorrow and the rest of the week. All right, we're joined now by a friend of the show, Brian Perez from The Bears Talk. You can read his work at bearstalk.com. You can follow The Bears Talk on Twitter at The Bears Talk. He's on Twitter at Brian Perez NFL. Brian, back in person at the Senior Bowl. 
Good to be back, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's it's like uh, deja vu all over again. Same two seats. Well, we're reversed this time. Oh, were we? But same were we had those chairs? I don't remember. Remember. Uh, this, this, this plant wasn't there either. No. But, but it's, it's great to be back, man. This is the best time of year. It's draft season. Bears fans who are watching this, you know, obviously, this is the time of year that the Bears actually are exciting. And, uh, you know, this year especially, the number one pick, again, number nine pick. You know, there's a lot of things to look forward to as a Bears fan. Yeah, let's let's start from the beginning here, right? The offseason. Matt Eberflus retained, Luke Getzey gone, obviously we knew Alan Williams was gone. We already have Shane Waldron and Eric Washington in, in place. I guess big picture, like how have you felt, not even about the individual moves, but like the approach, the way that Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren have kind of gone about how they're handling Eberflus and Fields and these individual decisions. Do you feel confident in just like the general franchise direction here? I do. I mean, I, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I kind of like Matt Eberflus. I mean, maybe he's not the, um, you know, he made some mistakes early in the season. He is still a young head coach. He's just like having a young, young, young in terms of tenure. Yes. Um, you know, he's he's still kind of getting his sea legs under him in terms of what it means to manage the whole coaching staff. We saw this year there was some chaos within his own coaching staff. He clearly picked the wrong offensive coordinator the first time around. But as a person, the guy, the character, the culture builder that he is. And I think that's really important to Ryan Poles. I think Matt Eberflus checks all those boxes. And we saw what kind of football coach he is when he started calling plays on defense. I mean, the Bears' defense after the Montez Sweat trade was one of the best in the NFL. And, you know, you can't not uh, acknowledge Matt Eberflus's role in that. So I think the continuity, while maybe like a great majority of his coaching staff is gone, keeping the head guy there, when he really, I mean, do you think, Lauren, he did anything to lose the job? Necessarily, you start talking about he inherited the worst roster in the NFL in year one, flipped the team to a seven-win team in year two, and he was a big reason why. I mean, he cost them some games, you could argue, right? They didn't know how to finish early in the season. But second half of the year, I thought he did a good job. So bringing him back, keeping that same voice in the locker room, a lot of the veterans are going to come back. They obviously respect him. They play hard for him. I don't mind it. I don't mind one more year of Eberflus. It, it seems like he, he did enough to lose the job at first and then did enough to retain the job and take the job back by the and, end of the year. And I think that's important because a coach who isn't respected by his players, that locker room would have been lost by midseason. Yeah. He would have been a dead man walking. You saw what happened with the Chargers and Brandon Staley. You could tell nobody wanted to play for him anymore. It seemed like it was happening to the Eagles this year with Sirianni as well. The Bears didn't have that kind of season. It was the exact opposite. Slow start, strong finish. And, of course, losing to the Packers in the final game of the year leaves that bad taste in everyone's mouth, so the fire Eberflus campaign started again. But can't get caught up in these, these little moments on the timeline. Bigger picture, I think Eberflus could be the right guy for the job. He's got to prove it this year. New offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, they're going to make a, a maybe bowler. a new quarterback. I, I, I think, it's, I think <laughs> we'll there's a better there. chance than maybe. But he's going to have a lot more... Um, of his stamp on this team. I mean, you're, think about it. Think about his first year, Warren. Everybody knew it was a tear-down year. You, you can't fault him for all those losses. So sure. if we look at last year as his first season on the job, his first real season on the job, not bad. Not bad. I mean, it's not bad, but if you think of it as his first real season on the job, you lost both coordinators. And I don't, I don't want to get too... We don't want to go back through all of last <laughs> season again, but I, I guess I'm thinking, okay, first two coordinator picks for different reasons didn't work out. It's, it's hard for me to feel, like, super confident that, oh, like, he's going to nail it the second time, and yet I feel pretty good about Shane Waldron and Eric Washington. Like, not that these are, like, two absolute genius studs that are going to be the next future head coaches, but, like, 
they both seem like quality coaches, like at very least average. And if the Bears get an average offensive coordinator with some better talent and an average defensive coordinator with some better talent, like you can do really well with an average coordinator, especially as long as you have a head coach at the top who's you know the CEO leading from the top down. And remember, too, Lauren, hindsight is undefeated. When Luke Getze was hired as the offensive coordinator, a smart hire. everybody loved Luke Getze. He yeah. was the next great up-and-coming offensive mind. So everybody loved Eberflus's decision to hire him at the time. Two years into the job, we realized yeah, it was a bad decision. It was a bad hire. You, you live and learn. You move on. And what I think Eberflus proved the second time through is he brought in an experienced play caller, which Getze was not. And unfortunately, we see there's the, the, the list of coordinators who got the job riding the coattails of a Hall of Fame quarterback, and then those coordinators ultimately failing, it's a very long list. Getsy, you know, he rode Aaron Rodgers into an offensive coordinator job, proved he was over his head. Shane Waldron, on the other hand, he turned Geno Smith into something. You know, he actually proved during his three years in Seattle that he can develop a quarterback, he can make an offense work, even with a guy who was a journeyman backup like Geno Smith. So I think the Bears took a completely different approach this time around, and it's the smart one. An experienced play caller who has a history of developing an average quarterback, uh, not even, Geno Smith was not even an average quarterback, developing a guy who looked like he was on his way out of the league into one of the more respected quarterbacks over the last couple of years. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I love going all out with the food for my Super Bowl party. The stuff that you wouldn't normally take the time to do for a regular game, but for the Super Bowl, I mean, you got to go all out. And the same is true with your sports betting. You might not have been betting on these playoff games, but in the Super Bowl, you can bet on everything with FanDuel. And for me, I don't understand how the Chiefs are underdogs going into this game, how Patrick Mahomes is once again an underdog. I respect the 49ers, but I wasn't betting against Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game, and I'm not going to do it in the Super Bowl either. And FanDuel is a great way to get in on the action. Right now, new customers who join today, you can get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. How do you set expectations for 2024? Right? I mean, you said like, got things got to be better this year. I think we all kind of agree that, but you know, I can easily see where you get to the end of 2024 and you make some of these same explanations, we'll say about, well, you know, it was Shane Waldron's first year at the offense, and it's going to take time for either Justin Fields or a rookie quarterback to learn that offense. So if the offense doesn't take that step forward, well, it's because of this, this, and this. And if you know if the defense takes a step back for some reason, like are we going to be able to sit there and go, oh well, they were injured at these couple spots, or they lost this player there? I mean, how do we how do we go into this season with like expectations that we can say, okay, he needs to achieve this or else he's gone? Or like, how do, we, how do we measure success this year? Yeah, I think that's the unfortunate part of turnover and change is because you can't say, well, here is this three to four year body of work with same coach, same coordinator, same quarterback, same GM, and you can make a more well-informed decision in terms of their futures, right? You're talking about a new coordinator, potentially a new quarterback, new defensive coordinator. I mean, you're talking about so much change that that excuse is almost inherently built in to keep people employed. 
could it end up being something where if the Bears just fall flat on their face and are a four or five win team again next year, you could end up seeing everybody go. Ryan Poles all the way on, all the way down to whoever is playing quarterback, Sands, Caleb Williams. But if they give Eberflus this next year, they give Justin Fields another year, and a new offensive coordinator, and a new defensive coordinator, and they still don't become a playoff team, then I think you're talking about wholesale changes top to bottom. But yes, you know this is this is the the unfortunate life cycle of being a Bears fan, where you have <laughs> yeah. this this year after year. Who's to blame? Is it the coach? Is it the quarterback? They don't. They're never really married up and synced at the same time. Is it the GM who hired the coach who didn't pick the quarterback? I mean, this is this is the frustrating part of trying to analyze. Well, what are reasonable expectations in 2024? If you're being logical and reasonable, you have to expect growing things. If there's a rookie quarterback and a new offensive coordinator, I mean, you can't expect it to be smooth. But since Bears fans have seen Eberflus on the sideline for a couple of years now, and they've seen Ryan Poles in the draft room now for a couple of years, that continuity feels like it's there when it's really not. You know, next year's a whole new clean slate, whole new offense. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. So. It's, it, Staying reasonable, rational, and logical is really hard <laughs> being a fan. But at the end of the day, it depends really honestly on I think we could like circle into the quarterback conversation now. Well I, want, well, I wanted to go a slightly like in that direction a little bit. When, when you talk about this, like, okay, when it comes to like if things go poorly, you know, could Ryan Paul's be fired, could Matt Eberflus be fired, like there being stakes for that. Like, do you think that influences their quarterback decision to say, okay, if we go with Justin Fields it's more likely that we get fired if things go poorly. But if we go with Caleb Williams or another rookie or whoever, but probably Caleb Williams, then we have a longer leeway. We can, we're more likely to keep our job for longer because Caleb is a rookie. Regardless of, like, if you even, like, separating how good the quarterbacks are, like, is there an extra incentive to take the rookie just to CYA and make sure that I've got some job security? Even if maybe I think Justin Fields could be the better option, I just got to take the rookie because it's better for me and my personal job security as GM or head coach rather than what might be best for the team separately. Yeah, I don't think so because I think uh, if the quarterback underwhelms in 2024, that will be the reason why the Bears don't win 9 or 10 games. The defense is going to be good enough. If the quarterback underwhelms next year, then it's going to be... If the Bears underwhelm next year, it's going to be because the quarterback is not playing at least an average to above average level of what you know, NFL winning teams generally produce. If that's Caleb Williams and he's underwhelming, then the guy who picked him and the guys who are coaching him, it's your fault. If it's Justin Fields again, given another year, and he's underwhelming again, it's going to be the same end result for those guys. I don't think Caleb Williams and a bad rookie season Caleb Williams will keep those guys around. If Caleb Williams comes in and he's the first Bears passer to throw for 4,000 yards <laughs> and the Bears are... Again, an eight-win team, seven-win team, just maybe get the ball bouncing the wrong way. Maybe the Packers take such a huge step forward. They're still playing catch-up with Green Bay. But that glimmer of hope is provided by Caleb Williams because he does things that no Bears quarterback has done before. Yes, job security is going to be naturally baked into your quarterback. If you have a quarterback who, like, like look at the Chargers. Justin Herbert, it looked like Brandon Staley and that regime is going to be there forever when Justin Herbert was slinging it. Justin Herbert, you know, going through, trying to carry a team on his own, not producing the way most fans expected him to produce. It's the coach's fault, the GM's fault, it's everybody else's fault, it's not Justin Herbert's fault. So a Caleb Williams actually is going to raise expectations, in my opinion, because... Even in year one? Even in year one, because you're... I mean, look, quarterbacks come in. Look at C.J. Stroud. 
He's setting a new standard. I know it seems like it's an anomaly, record, uh, the greatest rookie quarterback maybe of all time, but you know it's recency bias. And we're seeing that now with multiple quarterbacks. Correct. Right? Like Deshaun Watson had a pretty good, not a great rookie year, but like came in early on and had success. Absolutely. Like quarterbacks are having success. Some, not all, but right. the best quarter. Well, I mean, look what happened. Not quite you know, Mahomes, but you know. maybe ownership in Carolina is a little off the rocker, but. You know, Bryce Young. A little. Uh, Bryce Young, first overall pick quarterback, <laughs> he underwhelmed, everybody's gone. Yeah. Right? That's what I think you'll see in, in Chicago if they have a Bryce Young type experience with Caleb Williams, everybody will be gone, especially if Justin Fields goes to the Falcons and is a pro bowler or an all pro. You know, I don't think I don't think your job is safe with either decision. It's the team just has to show progress next year, especially at quarterback. If this if this regime cannot develop what is considered to be one of the best quarterback prospects in years in Caleb Williams to a productive level or a year four Justin Fields to a productive level, they're down. And they should be. Right? I mean at that at that point, you gotta ask yourself, like, I don't if the Bears lose go seven and ten again next year. Same record as this year, but Caleb Williams is making offense exciting again in Chicago and he's the first four thousand yard passer in franchise history. I wouldn't mind running the back of Eberflus and these guys because there is the upside. Presumably, if Caleb Williams plays well enough to give you the confidence running back with them, and defense picks up where it left up, maybe that isn't top five all year, but like picks up generally where it left off this year, then in theory, the Bears should be even better. They should potentially be a playoff team. Like, is there, I mean, is there a scenario where Caleb Williams plays well enough for them to save their job and they don't? Make, make a playoffs and take a big step forward? Like it seems like those things kind of have to happen at the same time unless the defense randomly takes a big collapse, but then if it, the defense takes a big collapse, does that not lead to Matty Ruth being fired yeah, anyway? But it also could just be like Justin Fields right now, I think, is a victim of timing. Big the, time. The Bears, as yes. they get better, could be a victim of timing with the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers in the division. You could be, if the Bears next year are a team that maybe on paper should win 10 or 11 games, but they only win seven or eight because they run through a gauntlet in the NFC North. It's a bad, bad timing. Bad timing to actually have a pretty good team because the rest of your division is now loaded too. It's not like you're in the, I don't know, pick a division, the NFC South, where the Bears in the NFC South could be a perennial division winner. They might have, might have made the playoffs this year. That's what I'm saying. Division, yeah. it, it could be where, yes, the offense looks better. And yes, the defense is just as good, but I hate to say it, Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers part two. And the Detroit Lions are... 12-5 and five again. And the Minnesota Vikings, maybe a healthy Kirk Cousins come back. Maybe they land another quarterback somehow. They're a pretty good team, too. So it could just be a product of timing. But that's also why this quarterback conversation is so important, because the only way the Bears are going to be able to compete is if they got the right quarterback. I mean, I don't care how many sacks Montez Sweat has. I don't care how many interceptions Jalen Johnson has. If you don't have the quarterback that can sling it, Mono mono against Jordan Love, you're gonna have a huge problem. So is that what leads you to say? Is that what leads you to potentially think about making the logical step there? You need a quarterback that can go toe to toe with Jordan Love. That can go toe to toe with these top quarterbacks in the NFL. We haven't seen Justin Fields go toe to toe with those quarterbacks. It seems like Caleb Williams looks like the kind of guy who could go toe to toe. I mean, does that kind of force your hand to say we need to get that guy that we really think is going to do that, or or can we, or are we not able to definitively say for sure? Well. Fields could still do it because I think with Shane Waldron and Geno Smith, like Shane Waldron got Geno Smith to play really well. Can he? Can Geno Smith go toe to toe with? Like even if you say Justin Fields could take that Geno Smith step, is that the quarterback that can go toe to toe with those guys? Well, that's that's you're you're exactly right. I mean the answer 
is no. Right? I mean, it's obvious. The answer is no. Geno Smith is not that guy. Geno Smith can keep a season really fun and competitive, maybe win a division, but he's not going to win the Super Bowl, I, I don't think, right? Um, and, and I know there's a lot of analysts out there who very, you know, bang on the table for Justin Fields, and I'm a huge Justin Fields guy, too. I think he's a, he's a rare quarterback in terms of good enough arm talent, elite special athleticism. But it just comes down to this basic question for me. If the Bears did not have a quarterback coming into this draft, they're picking number one overall, and Justin Fields, the Justin Fields we have seen for three years, is available to be drafted at number one, and Caleb Williams is on the board at number one, who are you drafting? And I don't, I, I'd be hard-pressed to find anyone, Lauren, who would say Justin Fields. They're all going to say, okay, that's why the number one overall pick in terms of trade value, forgetting about contract, rookie contract, second contract, and all that stuff, Justin Fields' market value is maybe a second-round pick. If a team gets desperate enough, maybe you'll look at luck into a first-rounder. Do you know what teams will give up for the ability <laughs> to draft Caleb Williams? Yeah. I mean, the market is telling you the answer, right? Caleb Williams will draw, that pick would draw multiple first-round picks. Caleb Williams was a player that last year this time, teams were saying, we'll tank for him. He didn't have the elite of the elite final seasons, but he is a victim of paralysis by analysis, the over-scouting that happens mm -hmm. every year, this time of year, and you're talking about a kid who has been the man from day one. People get bored. You have to find a reason to criticize him. You have to find a reason why he might not be that the elite of the elite, why he won't be the next Patrick Mahomes, which is unfair to say about any player. But you don't pass up a potentially great quarterback for a potentially really good quarterback, Justin Fields. Caleb Williams could be elite great. Justin Fields' max upside, really good. You don't pass up elite for really good. It feels like we got to that overthinking Caleb Williams stage earlier in this process than we have with the previous quarterbacks. But, but like, I, I do think like one of the things that has struck me throughout this process is like you got to feel like as a Bears fan, either way, you've got a answer at quarterback. I mean, certainly you might think one is better than the other, but it's not like your your option is like. We need Caleb Williams to work out, or else there's no other choice. Or we need Justin Fields to work out, work out, because we got no other way to adjust the quarterback position. Like they do have sort of two ways to go about this. So if we kind of assume, like, okay, regardless of whether it's Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, quarterback is going to be decided for the Bears this season, well in advance. Like we know there's going to be an answer there. This episode of Locked On Bears is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. These are what bring home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. What's next? What what does this team need to do around that quarterback when you look into this offseason? I mean, obviously, it depends on 
what's going to happen with Jalen Johnson's contract and if they are able to resign him and stuff. But when you look at big picture, especially in the draft, but also free agency, like where do you see the big needs and the big direction that you say they get this offseason? They really got to address this. Well, well, on defense, I think you're you're doing an injustice to Montez Sweat if you don't give him somebody on the other side that has a pass rushing pulse. And I think at number nine, or if you slide back a few picks, you're, they could find somebody there. Um, the temptation will obviously be a wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing on offense. You're doing an injustice to DJ Moore if you don't give him a guy that can at least make the defense respect him a little bit. Darnell Mooney's not that guy. Um, that guy's just not on the roster. So whether it's free agency, do they want to break the bank for a guy like T. Higgins if he becomes available? Maybe. They got the cap space to do it. Or at number nine, there, there could be a, a quality guy like a Roma Dunze who slips. You don't know. you got to see how the draft falls. But wide receiver, defensive end have to be priorities. Center, you know, Bears fans all know center has been, been a problem for, for years now. But one spot that I think is really being overlooked, and when, when you kind of look at how some of these winning teams, what the formula is, is a running back. Like a really strong running game. Roshan Johnson, I said it last year this time, it's more of a complimentary back, power back, short yardage guy. You don't think he can do lead back I don't, I don't know if he's got enough wiggle, man. I don't know if he has enough juice. Like as far as taking the home runs? Yeah, it's just even the chunk gains. I don't know if he's got that. I would like to, you know what? It's maybe that's being a little unfair. I don't think the Bears gave him enough opportunity to show whether he could be that sure. guy. And he didn't have it at Texas really either. I mean, that's right. the, he I mean, never has had the opportunity. Correct. Yeah. So and, and while I like Khalil Herbert, he's going into the final year of his rookie contract. He's not going to be brought back. And if you think about like Saquon Barkley being on the market, and I get it, all the data analytics, salary cap people who are out there are going to say you don't pay that money for a running back. Yeah, I get it, but like look at this what Chris McCaffrey did for the 49ers. Look at how Chris McCaffrey elevates Brock Purdy. And you know, the you could argue, well, the Ravens, they go through platoon of running backs. Oh, sure. But the Lions, they paid up for David Montgomery. And look at the impact he's had for them this year. So if you can add a guy that can actually be a bell cow centerpiece of the running game, I think the offense goes to the next level, especially if it's a if it's a guy that can catch butt passes like Saquon Barkley can. Now suddenly, that kind of is a built-in compliment to DJ Moore. It takes a lot of pressure off of a young quarterback if it's Caleb Williams. What's his best friend? A strong running game. So I, I think it might just be indigestion, but I have a gut, <laughs> feel, I have a gut feeling, Lauren, that the Bears are going to make a play at running back. Not in the draft. I think in free, there's going to be some good free agents out there. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they spend some money on one. One thing, like, watching these playoffs has kind of struck me with, with not only the running back position, but you talked about with, with complementary weapons and receivers. Like, I, I've been I've been feeling like, obviously, the most important thing is quarterback, right? If you have a Patrick Mahomes that can, can make these big plays, or even, I mean, Brock Purdy made some clutch plays for the 49ers. Obviously, it starts there. I've been feeling more like, well, well receivers, running backs, and tight ends are obviously very important. It seems to me like the teams that have gone farther and had the most success, like, it's the play callers and the scheme that seem to be like second most important, and then it's the receivers and running backs and tight ends. Obviously, quarterback first, but then like I think about Patrick Mahomes being able to you know connect with Marquez Valdez Scantling on third down in the key play of the game. Like not because Marquez Valdez Scantling is some great receiver, but because it was a good play call and it was a good throw, and those two things were more important than the receiver who was back there catching it. And like conversely, Lamar Jackson, the the narrative all season was oh they finally got Lamar Jackson some wide receivers. And we get into this game, and it's Zay Flowers, but then Odell Beckham is kind of disappearing, and Rashad Bateman doesn't really do much, and it feels like Todd Munkin, their offensive coordinator, lets them down a little bit in terms of they abandoned the running game, and they just never really had an answer for what the Chiefs' defense did. You know, Ben Johnson with the Lions, like, 
that offense fell apart that whole second half there, and the 49ers, like, sure, like Debo Samuel and, and um, uh, uh, Brandon Ayuk are, are good receivers, but neither one of them is, like, you know, that true number one type guy. They just have weapons in a good scheme, and obviously adding McCaffrey help, but, like, I'm left feeling like, not, tr- not trying to say it's not important to still add those weapons, but, like, so much of this Bears success next season is all about Shane Waldron. And if Shane Waldron can be as good as Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan, which is not realistic, then it doesn't matter as much who your number two receiver is or who your but, running back but, is. But Lawrence, Shane Waldron is coming from DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Kent Walker and Zach Charbonnet. I mean, that guy was calling plays with some weapons. So yeah. I think I think it's the chicken versus the egg. I think you, you, when you reference the Chiefs, you have a Hall of Fame head coach play caller and arguably the greatest quarterback of all yeah. time, they're going to make it work. They're going to make it work. <laughs> but a guy like Shane Waldron, you know, okay, he has DJ Moore, but where's Tyler Lockett? Who's the Jackson Smith and Jigba? There's no Ken Walker or Zach Charbonnet on this roster. You know, you don't think you don't think Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson can equal the level of a Ken Walker and a Zach Charbonnet? Like I know the receivers are the better argument there, but like I don't those, those Seahawks running backs don't strike me as like wow. They got some real different makers there. Yeah, I'm going to say no. They're not Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Ken Walker is a potentially special running back. If he, He's got the kind of juice and game-breaking ability that Khalil Herbert is deceptive. Doesn't he he's have de- that? Like, he's deceptively explosive, but he's not. He's, I don't think it's, it's game-changing. You know, and, and perhaps it's because the Bears just haven't really been competitive enough to really appreciate uh, Khalil Herbert's production, but he's not, he's not a Ken Walker to me. I mean, maybe it's just the eyeball test, right? And I wonder how much of that is like Justin Fields is the game-changing runner. So then when True. we see Khalil Herbert, like a, he gets fewer opportunities, but then B, like it doesn't feel as as special. It's not it, it, those aren't the game-changing plays. It's Fields' plays that change the game, and then Herbert and Roshan just kind of get the cleanup. That's that's a good point, and you know it's it's not that far off from you know with the Baltimore Ravens and how it feels when you see um, their platoon of running backs, Gus Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Justice Hill's a pretty good running back, right? He's not he's not terrible, but Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar yeah. Jackson's running game. So they, they got six carries in the FC Championship yeah, game. Those, <laughs> those, guys, those guys get overlooked. But, yeah. I mean, if you have an offense next year where you have Caleb Williams at quarterback, and this is very possible. This is yeah. not like this is not fantasy football here. Yeah. You have Caleb Williams at quarterback, Saquon Barkley at running back. You have DJ Moore at one wide receiver. Maybe a Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors or enter your favorite rookie wideout besides Marvin Harrison at the other receiver, or even a Brock Bowers. I was going to ask you about that, I mean, too. You, you can have that. So now you have Shane Waldron calling plays for Saquon, calling plays for one of these elite rookie receivers, or a Brock Bowers-Colt Komet combo with Caleb Williams orchestrating the offense. Like, I don't... I understand why there is such a strong allegiance to Justin Fields. Again, I will be the first one wearing a number one jersey next year if he's back. But I don't understand how you can look at that, that potential lineup and say that that would not be one of the most exciting Bears skill sets that we've seen since basically the Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Matt Forte days. I mean, it's it's right up there. Yeah, that brings up an interesting point. I know we're running out of time here, but like you talk about Saquon Barkley, and who was available last offseason. Well, was good, potentially available franchise tag, but like we talked, we had the Barkley conversation last offseason, and. And at the time, it's like, well, the Bears need to do all this stuff on defense, and you do all this stuff on offense, and they have a lot of cap space. But can they afford to use? You know, can they afford to take so many resources at running back when they have all these other needs? Do you think the Bears have reached a point now where this roster is close enough that maybe Barkley is a luxury, but you've got, or same with Brock Bowers, like you don't need a tight end with a ninth overall pick. But is this roster good enough now where you say, you know what, like they still have holes, 
but you got enough salary cap space and enough draft capital that you can afford to either sign Saquon Barkley to a big contract or use a first-round pick on a tight end, even though neither one of those is a big, I mean, hole on the roster. But, like, I don't know, do you feel confident enough that, like, this roster is close enough that, hey, make that splash? Or do you still look around and say, well, you know, got to resign Jalen Johnson, got to add a couple of defensive linemen, got to add a center, got to add maybe another offensive lineman besides him? Like, is there enough room to take a, to have luxury additions this offseason, or are we still in finish building the foundation? Well, there's definitely enough room to do it if you draft Caleb Williams. Because you've reset the quarterback clock, and now that you've kicked that can down the road for that big contract. But but if you trade down for number one, you'd also have enough room because of all the draft capital you get. Well, potentially, but you got to pay Justin Fields. You Two years from now, but yes. No, I'm, I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to take that so, stance. So, so, so yeah. let's just say you, you want to sign Saquon Barkley to a three-year deal. I mean, you're not going to even feel it with a, a rookie quarterback contract. And if you take a Brock Bowers at number nine or a receiver number nine, like let's say you take a receiver at nine on a rookie contract versus the T. Higgins 18 million year deal. They actually can do the luxury spending on a player like Saquon Barkley or another position that generally you wouldn't allocate a lot of your salary cap toward because of this unique, rare, once in a 10 year opportunity for Ryan Poles to draft an elite quarterback talent, pay him way below market value for the next five years, draft an elite skill play uh, player cast uh, pass catcher at number nine, Brock Bowers isn't like a tight end. He's an offensive no. weapon. Right? Kyle Pitts exactly. receiver. So yeah. you're going to get a guy like that at number nine on a rookie contract that otherwise would be an astronomical expense against your salary cap. So the money's got to go somewhere. The problem is the money has to go somewhere first. right? You don't get to know That's whether right. you're going to get Brock Bowers at nine or, right. or well, whoever at nine. Like, Well, look, if we do, not that this is a mock draft, sure. quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three. Most likely. If wide receivers go four, five, six... You have to add Joe Alt or one of these tackles yeah. are going to be there. And even that. But, 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 but I mean, the converse here is like you draft a pass rusher at nine versus paying a pass rusher that big but contract. That's, that's the point. Yes. Like they are in a position to fill this big cost. That, well, a position that would normally carry a huge cost. Wide receiver, quarterback, edge rusher. They can get that accomplished in the first round. So at the end, of, they're going to get it accomplished. If they draft Caleb Williams at number nine, they're going to have a wide receiver, a Brock Bowers, or an edge rusher. Almost guaranteed. One of those guys will be there. So if you can go into free agency saying, do all your mock drafts as a front office, and say, even if even if the Bears say, we're going to land a, a Joe Alt, one of these big offensive tackles, and not have to pay Braxton on his next deal, which is a huge savings. You can do all these different mock scenarios and say, look, we have the ability to take that swing because our defense is close enough. We're going to have an elite quarterback talent in Caleb Williams. The offense is already going to get leveled up with a new play caller and now new skill players. Let's give them a sports car and Saquon Barkley. One, one thing's clear that you know, Ryan Poles likes to go through this process and like fill all like the, the really obvious holes before he gets to the draft. So he can go to the draft and say, all right, I've got my cards, the full set of cards for me, so I don't have to draft the offensive tackle in the first round if I don't need to. I don't have to draft you know, the defensive lineman in the second round if I don't need to. Like You've got options in the draft to kind of take whoever. And that's why we come down here to some place like the Senior Bowl to get a look at all the different draft options the Chicago Bears are going to have. Not, some of the great talent coming down here. It's going to be fun to scout them in person. Brian, we're going to be enjoying practice all week. We'll have practice updates for you throughout the week. You can get Bears Senior Bowl updates over at BearsTalk.com, on Twitter at the Bears Talker, on Twitter at Brian Perez NFL. 
Brian, what, what kind of senior bowl content are you playing for the rest of the week here? So over on Bears stuff, we do have a premium uh, subscription where all the Bears uh, senior bowl content that I see on the field and the stuff that Lauren and I are going to be gathering off the field late night mm. in the mobile, I'm going to be sharing to our subscribers. But even if you want to just have a free account, just daily practice recaps and reports and just my guys, you know, we've been down here for a while it seems like, and I remember just Cooper Cup and... Khalil Shakir and Tank Dell, all being receivers that jumped off the field for me over those last couple of years, and I hope to keep that streak going. Maybe somebody will be uh, my guy this year. And you never know which offensive coordinator we'll see out late in the evenings. <laughs> or, 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 listen, through experience, we've seen that. <laughs> or last year, the, the Bears were talking to their future, one of their, there was, Brian Poles was hanging out with the guy they ended up hiring as a with the vice president of player development and stuff. And listen, you know, the moves. when we talk about Bears and the Senior Bowl, I'm sure this has been probably talked about this many times in the show, but Ryan Paul's like Senior Bowl guys. Always I does. Mean, first four rounds of last year's draft were Senior Bowl guys, and then Tyson Bajant was a Senior Bowl guy. So uh, a majority of the rookie class that contributed came from this game. So, And this year's game has more talent than last year's. So it'll be interesting. So, so they're going to draft Bo Nix or Michael Penix and pass on Caleb Williams then, huh? Is that, is that how this turns out? I hope not. I, 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 really, I don't think any of us will survive Bears Twitter. That <laughs> the, the meltdown. I don't know. I, that might be when it's time to, to call it a day. Yeah. Well, maybe that means it's time for us to call it a day. Brian, it's been a pleasure. Let's do it again soon. You got it, man. Thanks again to Brian Perez from Bears Talk for joining us on the podcast today. And thanks to you for sticking through some Low-quality audio, not not what we intended, not the way it was supposed to come. Certainly none of it was Brian's fault. He just was there and showed up and talked. It was, it was on me. Didn't, didn't get my setup set up correctly. And we learn and we get better from it, just like the Bears try to do every single week. So I appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully the conversation was still worth it, even as the audio quality a little bit less easy on the ears. But you can still hear everything, right? It just is... You know, it's not not all nice and sharp. So we'll be better tomorrow. Like we said, we'll be bringing you updates, recapping practices from down here at the Senior Bowl, getting the, the top prospects. We know the Bears draft Senior Bowl players. We're going to get to know all of the names that are performing well or not performing so well that the Bears are getting an up-close and personal look at down here. So coming back for tomorrow's podcast, you got to hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. And you have to come back tomorrow for your next opportunity to Bear down.